let's talk about it. Welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim, so let's get into it. Oh, Timbo. Yes. Timothy. Yes. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> and do you want to know something? I wanted to, uh, I wanted to take the time today to tell you thank you yes. for being a friend. Oh. Thank you for being a friend. And thank you for being a friend as well. But not just being any friend. Thank you for being a fat friend. Because <laughs> there's some things that only your fat friends can get. Well, you know, as much as we might be saying this for the sake of a joke, like, it is actually very true. Like, um, the kind of sociability, the whole, I don't know, the experience of just being fat. There are certain things that only your fat friends will understand especially your friends who are also fellow gainers so it is worth bearing in mind folks that your fat friends should hold a particular place of prominence in your pudgy portly hearts i was trying to think of hearts you were trying to do some alliteration there and faltered on the last word i did because well you're your 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 pudgy what was what did you say well i said heart is there is a heart word beginning uh that begins with a P. Pulse machine, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be as close as you could get. Your pudgy, porky pulse machine. <laughs> that sounds like a title to a bad porn. That's what I call my dick. My pudgy, <laughs> my pudgy porky pulse machine. <laughs> See, this is where you, you know, that like... You hope that we're going to be, you know, deep topics and really profound things to say, but at the end of the day, we're just dick jokes. Yeah, that is the <laughs> the beginning and the end. Alpha and Omega. The all things come back to dick jokes. But you're a fat friend, and that's all that matters to him. I mean, would you consider yourself a sociable person? Yeah, I was not always. Um, it's been kind of a long journey to get to where I am right now in my ease in, you know, social situations. I uh, was very famously a wallflower in my early 20s. People thought that I couldn't speak because I just didn't. Um, you know, I was one of those people who was like, I only speak when I have something to say. And when I was around a group of strangers and like the conversation was in a particular direction or on a topic I didn't feel like I could add anything to, I just sit there quietly and sort of soak it up. But I realized that I was never going to advance socially if I didn't learn how to interact with strangers. So, uh, and I, I've given credit to this community in, in episodes past, but like the leather community actually helped me break out of that and feel more comfortable in a situation where I'm surrounded by people that, you know, I might not know that well, or I don't know at all. And just learning how to ingratiate yourself into whatever, you know, conversation is going on. It's fair enough. I mean, I suppose I'd describe myself as a sociable person as well, but I also think that's a bit of a misdirect because I think you've you've commented on this in the past. I think my general tone and vivaciousness indicate a sense of sociability and an enjoyment of being around other people, which is true, 
but you more so than anyone have gotten to see the behind the curtains. And, um, <laughs> based on that, would you say I'm a sociable person? I would, yes. You are definitely an introvert, as is, as is my boyfriend. You know, I think that's the reason why I understand you is because you're a lot like Matt. You guys are both introverts. You do love people and you do love being able to socially interact, but it also you guys work best with a small group or one-on-one, -on -one, mm. like... But you do have this sort of, like you said, you have this presence of end voice and and the cadence of your speech and everything that's a bit like a BBC presenter. So, you know, it it, it gives the uh, sort of air that you are really good in it. Like you'd be great at public speaking. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think a lot of that has just come from like a theater and a performance background. Like you learn, like how do I talk loud? How do I throw my voice? How do I? do accents and impressions if I have, as if I haven't done those 50 billion times for everyone before. Do people know that I do a Jennifer Coolidge impression? Do they? I don't know. I don't know. think I, they do. I don't, I don't think, think they, they do. do. You're, you're, such think... a, you're such a shrinking violet. I would never, I, I you know, I, 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 I've only heard a, just a, a sousson of your uh, abilities. A sousson of my abilities. Well, I figure here in this moment, allow me to... No, we're not going to do Jennifer Coolidge today. She, she had a taste. You all know I do that. But no, it's true. Like, I think a lot of that is that adaptive nature about me. And I think, you know, to touch on this for a brief moment, um, the difference between extrovert and introvert, it's not the way you express that determines whether or not you are an extroverted or an introverted person. It is how you gather your energies. Extroverted people gather their energies by being around other people. They come alive being around other people. They feel more fulfilled in their life having that more diverse and eclectic friend group. People who are more introverted, not like that at all. I prefer my close friends. I prefer my inner circle. I prefer coffee and cocktails at the bar as opposed to a night out in the club, which is not to say I don't like a night out at the club. I do like a night out at the club, but you know, it is not the way in which I get that energy. So just as a pointer to anyone who's probably confused about extrovert versus introvert, but I would also say I am a sociable person. I like talking to people. Hello, this podcast, everything we do together, it is all about talking to people and getting to know people. So, but you had mentioned, you feel like the leather community is the reason you kind of came away from being such a wallflower. Yeah. Do you find it easy to make friends in the gaming community? I think, you know, that's kind of a, a hard question to answer because it's like everyone's different, you know? So I have run into people within the gamer community that are painfully shy and really have a hard time reaching out and, and forming a connection or talking to somebody. And then I've met people who are very gregarious and, and easygoing and social butterflies like on the cruise. There were there was a, a mixed bag of people. Some of them were shy and introverted, and were you know a little less talkative. And some were, you know, all over the place and had no trouble you know talking to people. I it's just for me, I guess it it depends on the energy you give off. Like if you are the more quiet, shy one, but there's someone else you know who's being the the extrovert and talking and being gregarious. Obviously, like that's going to set my energy right there. Like it's gonna I'm going to be directed towards that person. But I am totally willing to talk to anyone, anytime about this kink, this community. But, you know, it's like, it, it does have to be something of a two-way street. I would agree with that. I think, again, it's that distinction between, like, introvert and extrovert. It's that distinction between making friends 
and having acquaintances, you know? I think it's very easy to make acquaintances in the community, people who you will have passing conversations with, people who you will talk to every now and again, people whose posts you're more likely to comment on, or photos you're more likely to like and give compliments for, you know? I think we, we do that just by nature of being people. In terms of making friends, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if it's necessarily the easiest thing sometimes, because the friendships that I really reflect on, and you know, yours of course comes, you know, top of the list for me, you know, it's like, we don't just talk about gaming, we really talk about uh, fuck, fucking everything. Everything. Everything and anything. Everything. And w if I use that metric, the list of people I would be quote-unquote friends with in the community is extremely small. But also, I don't feel bad about that, because I like that diversity of thought. I love that diversity of conversation. You know, how many times do you and I sit down and we'll just ask the other, like, what do you want to talk about today? Like, what do you want to do today? There's so many things we could talk about, so many things we could discuss, so many things we could do that actually, if someone's in a mood to take it in a certain direction, is that sometimes a little bit helpful when it comes to being like, what are we going to talk about? Pick it. It's like there's 50,000 things in the bucket, you know, like which, which one will it be today? And I just have to say about that um, for the listeners, James has been pretty amazing lately because I've been going through a lot of things in my personal life and just having James to talk to and, you know, him saying, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to do, I'm here. It has been more helpful than I think he realizes because it, it's been something of a tough year thus far and we're only halfway through it. So I hope that it's going to get better, but um, you're, you being there for me, listening to me, it, it's it's really meant the world lately. I love you. I and love I would you give you the show off my back. If, if I reflect on the motivation to say the things that I've said, you know, let's say um, you sent me a message saying, hey, something's happened today and I'm not feeling good. You know, I tend to say something along the lines of, regardless of anything, I'm here, my time is yours, and I'm happy to either talk about it, I'm happy to listen, and I'm happy to just completely bulldoze over that entire topic and take you on a wild ride into some random topic and conversation elsewhere, if that means distracting you, if that's what you need. Or I'm happy to suggest we watch a movie together, or talk about anything you want, whatever you feel that you need. I'm happy to do. Because to me in that moment, it's like, I don't want to presume as a friend, like, I know what's best. I think there are some moments where, like, as a friend, you do kind of pick up and you're like, I know what this bitch needs. Yeah. But sometimes, and especially when there are things that are a bit traumatic or things that are a bit difficult to process, you can't know the nuance of what someone needs. And the best thing you can do as a friend is make yourself available as a blank slate. Like a stem cell that could morph into any kind of cell, you know, like a vanilla ice cream that you could flavor with any topic. Be the friend that you're not going to presume what this person needs. Allow them to tell you. They're the one who needs a friend. And if they need that friend to be hard on them and give them stern advice, if they need them to just love on them, if they need them to be unreasonably angry with them or just silent and taking it, just, that's what you do. That's how you be a good friend, I think, when the people you love are hurting. 
So. And you've been a great friend, truly. And I think it uh, goes without saying, you similarly have been an amazing friend to me this year with, you know, things I've been dealing with in my own life. So I think that's one of the reasons, actually, we were kind of inspired to do an episode that kind of focuses on this, because, you know, your friendship really does mean the world to me and gives me hope. You know? I don't know. It's that it's that feeling of it's 2022 and, you know, we've been through a pandemic and there's a war in Ukraine and there's an insurrection in the capital and there's how many things do we have to go through before the world goes enough? Let's have a bit of peace. And I don't know, sometimes I think you end up feeling that sense of, <laughs> I guess, emotional entropy of yeah like, it's, a, it's an emotional burnout i mean there is so much that has gone on and you know just to mention a, a few things that have happened recently there was the grocery store shooting oh, and then there was the shooting in uh uvalde uvalde is that how you pronounce it I'm not i think that's how you pronounce it uvalde texas just there's so much horrible shit going on right now and i uh, i think that's why friendship is is so important to you know at least to have one really good friend in your life because otherwise you're gonna go crazy like there's so much emotional burnout to be had over what is going on in the world and just you know what might be going on in your life in general mm. it can be hard and sometimes i think as adults in 2022 you look around and you realize that maybe some of the connections you have aren't as close as you thought they were and maybe you kind of take a step back and realize oh that inner circle that I was leaning on, maybe that circle isn't as big as I thought it was. Maybe I'm actually a little bit more alone than what I understood that I was. And sometimes that realization can be very frightening. Sometimes it can be very confronting. But again, it's that moment of seeking counsel with the people in your life who you do trust and building into those relationships. I know that I've had this experience before in the past when I identified as a Christian and understood that I was gay. I was in Bible college at the time. And I think I've told this story on the pod before. I can't quite recall. I probably have. But it was in that last six months. I wanted to finish my diploma. So I had a qualification <laughs> at the end of it. Um, but I knew who and what I was and I had to be silent about it. And I also had the time to look at my life and realize, you know, I've successfully integrated myself into this whole church business, which means I don't really have a single friend outside of this. Which means, of course, when I came out, I lost everyone. In fact, some people who I'd broken bread with in church just the previous week were sending me death threats through Facebook Messenger. And, you know, that's sucky as a 19-year-old to deal with. That's a bit difficult. But that was my life, and I dealt with it. And... I think that's something I hold on to as actually a formative experience of positivity because I knew in that moment that it didn't really matter what would happen to me in my life. I would always be able to bounce back and I'd always be able to make new friends. You simply find the people in your life who support you for where you're at and you go from there. In that instance, I reached out to my local LGBT charters and found people in my own age group who I could connect with. And some of those people I still talk with today. And that was really helpful for me. So I think for anyone in 2022 who's struggling with the whole, we're stuck in lockdown, we're stuck at home, you know, we're questioning friendships or we're feeling the burnout and we're not sure what's going on anymore. You know, there is light 
in that still. And I hope that you know that that's there for you, you know? Do you feel like friendships you have within the gainer community have influenced how you approach gaining? Um, well, maybe a little bit. Like, so some of the gainers that I have I've met that um, are not necessarily local, because I don't know a ton of locals, but um, the ones that I've met on uh, Gram of the Seas or just talking through Instagram, I don't know if they necessarily like influence the way that I gain, but they certainly help me. They, they, they inspire me to keep going, essentially, um, whether it's through positive reinforcement or me just being envious of the fact that they are getting fat faster than I am. <laughs> Even that can be a great motivational tool. So I suppose in a way, yes, they have actually influenced my approach to gaining. I would say the same. Like, low-key, it's one of the reasons I moved countries. Because where I grew up, there wasn't really a community. And even in different cities around Australia, you know, there were sort of pockets of people who had their own friends. And I think that's, that's fine. But I wanted the opportunity to meet a lot of new people. And I think I've done that, you know. it's It's been a rewarding experience being in the UK and kind of seeing what the community is like here. And knowing that the opportunity to actually meet some more regular feeders as well. That's been a life-changing experience. It's certainly given me a stronger idea of what I want and what I don't want when it comes to a more intimate personal connection when it comes to gaining. Um, but I will say a lot of gainers do express a frustration that there are no locals near them. Do you feel that having people you can engage with locally is important to the gainer experience? It definitely helps. It helps to know that somebody that you want to talk about it with or hang out with or do something gain related with is just like down the street or across town as opposed to three states over or across an ocean. You know, I mean, if I had a network of gainer friends living in my town, I probably would be closer to my body goals at this point because I would have that actual in person. There's, I, I understand that for a lot of people, online encouragement, text message encouragement works for them. Me, the best kind of encouragement that I can get is one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, like on the cruise when we were all sitting there eating. That was some of the best motivation I've ever had. You know, I know I've told you this before, um, and I can't remember again if I've said this on the podcast previously. I gained 17 pounds on the cruise. And I feel like for a long time, for years now, I've made the point to people, if I had that kind of close network, that free access to food that everyone in America seems to have, um, I'd be a lot bigger, a lot quicker. And I think the cruise kind of proves that, you know? So there is also something very edifying about knowing my body enough to know what the truth of it was. And when I had the opportunity to kind of showcase it, I met that challenge and exceeded those expectations. Um, but also it wasn't just me going and eating for the sake of eating and ignoring people. Like it was also everyone around me was constantly like, Oh, do you want to go to the Mexican place? Or do you want to go to the sushi bar? Or do you want to go to the buffet? Or do you want to get the dessert? You know, I'm going to get an ice cream. I'm going to get a drink. You want to, you want to come with? It's a, it's a constant melange. It's a constant waddling back and forth and back and forth. And knowing that you've got to get two or three ice creams because you've got to eat an ice cream, like on the way back to your seat. And then you sit down and then you've got another two ice creams that you can eat. You know, you got to, you got to plan these snacks um but you know that was that was also very edifying and i do think local connections help to ground you and make the gaining experience a lot more real um <clears throat> i think 
Within that, though, some people do express a struggle to develop meaningful friendships in the community, especially with locals. So what has been, what, like, what has helped you to achieve that? To achieve uh, meaningful friendships? Yeah. I mean, uh, like I, like we've said before, just having a fetish in common is not enough to either create a relationship or a friendship, but with, with the interactions that I've had with gainers that have either come to my town or I've gone somewhere else, like, I think the fact that they were just open uh, to talking about themselves, like we didn't just sit there and talk about the fetish. We talked about a lot of other stuff. And, uh, you know, I've had conversations with people on, uh, you know, a digital forum where it's just about the fetish or that's the only thing that they want to, and that's the only thing that they can ever seem to talk about. And I can do that for a little while but that just gets boring i'm sorry mm. that gets it if, if you're just there to get off it's a lot easier if you just tell me that up front to say hey i'm in a mood i want to talk about this particular thing because i've got one hand on my keyboard and the other hand on my tech like just be honest about it and then okay i can if that's what you want i can help you get off but if this is going to turn into a four hour long back and forth about the same thing sorry i don't have the attention span for that so I think the fact that they were willing to be open talk about themselves, talk about their lives, their dreams, their aspirations that all exist outside of this fetish really helps to create a deeper connection. Ultimately, what have you found, though, to be more important in developing those stronger connections? Do you feel like it's a sexual bond or a social bond? Oh, again, difficult question to answer because I, I'm, I doubt that I'm the best person to ask this question to because... I've had sex with most of my friends. So I don't know if I'm I'm good for this answer. I I also feel well I also feel like okay, when I was an, a young gay, the world just seemed different to me. This would have been 2001, right? Right. And it was just sort of normal to sleep with most of your friends. And because I've lived in in this city now for how long have I been here? Christ, I've been in this town for almost 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. So my group, my, my my friend group hasn't really expanded much. It's shrank a little bit with people moving away. Um, but in 20 years, you know, they, they just happen to all still be the same people and I've slept with most of them. I think that if it starts off as a sexual bond, just try to make sure it develops into a social one. Right. Well, fair enough. I was saying before, you and I haven't had sex. No, no. You're one of the few friends I haven't had sex with. But I mean, we're so, we're such good friends, it would almost be like incest be, at this point. It would be weird to do. Because I think it would be weird. We even, because I don't think it's an uncommon thing with your gay friends to joke about the concept of having sex. And normally there's like a, <laughs> you know, like a sort of interesting, what, what if we did? And then I think you and I did that. We were like, <laughs> like just. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just so that they don't get confused, like, it's not that we find each other repulsive or anything. It's just we're we're so, I mean, I honestly think James and I are soulmates. Yes. And we're soulmates on that friendship level where it's just not there. Like, we're not thinking about it that way, you know? We we couldn't do that. I, I, I think we even spoke about this as like a joke, you know, if we if we became those people who got drunk to the point of like one of us is like stripped off naked and is like running around like an idiot the other one's gonna have to be like 
uh, okay, I'm gonna have to address this now and like get a towel around him and be like, okay, buddy, let's just get him in the bed. Oh Christ, you know he's peeing down his leg. Oh God, okay. <laughs> um, For the record, I have never done that, no matter how drunk I've been. I once. Okay, so when I was moving from Australia to the UK, because um, I was quite close with some of my old work peeps, they decided to throw a sort of mini party in one of their backyards, which had this really lush spot view of the river um, and a garden that needed work, which is why I didn't feel bad about absolutely chunga the fuck out of the garden bed. It was awful. I drunk so much. I was sick everywhere. And bless her, one of my good duties, she had a cup of tea waiting for me, which I sipped at and finished and went, ah, thank you. And then turned right back to the garden and continued again. Um, so I've certainly been... Um, emotive shall we say uh from the chimney not from the basement or from the um well the basement's usually the euphemism for the asshole what would the what would the the urethra be the garden hose i have no idea (laughs) yeah yeah i've never leaked out of the garden hose on a drunken night out shall we say so yes because you're all dying to know that little tidbit about old james um (laughs) But, you know, I think for me as well, like, it, it does depend. But I think, because I, I identify on the, the, the demisexual, grey asexual spectrum, I would prefer a social bond before the sex anyways. Because... Yeah, I understand that. I, that's just me. That's just me. Um, and not that there needs to be a sexual bond, but I know that I've certainly... Anyone that I think of where it just went to sex, I can only vaguely remember their shape. I can't remember their face, their name. I couldn't tell you anything about the dick, what they smelled like. (laughs) They are just an enigma. Enigma. You know what I've noticed about myself since putting on weight? Um, So when I was thin, I was lustful and I was willing to pursue. Now I'm lustful, but lazy. So (laughs) I may may have lust in my loins, but you better come get it because I'm not going after you. She's got lust on her loins and dust on her legs because she ain't getting up, girl. <laughs> She's sat on that couch. It's like, truly, when you found out Grinder was like pizza delivery, you had those boys coming to that door. And then it's like, the key's under the mat. Come inside. They come inside. They're standing in front of you. You're like, now strip. They strip on your knees. On your knees, great. The most amount of effort you put in is like, you don't even pull your trousers down. It's like when you get those uh, sweatpants that have like the little penis, like, peeing slit in the middle of them is like you like fish it out and you're like right go for it (laughs) that's the most amount of effort you put in it's so funny because i'm I'm not sexually a bottom but i am a bottom when it comes to gaining because i want to be the one laying on the bed and you're doing all the work oh my god can we talk about this like i get guys on the apps who are like i want you on top of me squishing me and i'm like yeah that's great but also i just want to lay down no i'll do that but like you have to lay on the bed too and then i just roll over on top of you because if i just have to roll Uh, over that's not difficult there you go yeah a bit of a bit of um like a walrus just right on top of you that that situation love that uh you know there are things that i feel like when it comes to your your fit well i I was gonna say fat friends but honestly this is really more of your gainer friends your gainer friends are going to understand things that even maybe your fat friends won't because I feel like sometimes your fat friends might not be 
gaining or losing weight in a, in a, in quick succession, but like your gainer friends, they understand what it's like to outgrow your wardrobe. And now you have to go buy new pants and new shorts and new shirts and like the thrill of going up a size, like, Ooh, I used to only be a medium. Now I'm an extra large. And that's like something only your, your gainer friends can understand. That fun social moment where you get to be the sort of like, uh, oblivious fat guy where it's like what what do you mean i'm an xl i'm a i'm a large damn it and then looking like you're having an emotional breakdown as your excuse to try and squeeze yourself into a medium shirt in front of all of these like horrified onlookers who are all just going oh no going into the dressing room and snapping a thousand selfies in the mirror like oh my god you know like as if we haven't all done that as if we haven't all done that (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know, even speaking more, more generally like fat friends versus thin friends, you know, and removing the gainer element for a moment, you know, I think there's certainly elements of fat sociability that no one really tells you about until you get fat, like the ways in which people on the street will treat you differently. I would have thought as a fat person, people would be more inclined to see me and move out of the way. That's not the case. People magically don't see me and I'm starting to bump into people more because this follows the narrative that a lot of fat women will tell you, which is that when you're fat, you're treated as invisible because no one wants to see you. And that's something to deal with. You know, the ways in which as a larger person with a trolley, people watch you when you put groceries in your cart. When you are walking on the sidewalk there is this sort of you 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 notice when people walk around you they do this kind of like shoulder wiggle as if you were taking up so much room that you know had they not inched around you they would have fallen into the road and been cleaned up by an 18 wheeler <laughs> but also they'd rather make this huge gesture and potentially get cleaned up by an 18 wheeler than graze against you as a fat person like it's a very interesting experience. Um, I feel like I don't quite have the same, because like over here in the United States, my height and my weight, I'm actually just average. I am totally, completely average for an American citizen. So I have yet to really experience any of the stuff that you're talking about other than, I don't know, maybe people feel a little bit more intimidated because I'm larger. Yeah. You know, like <clears throat> they feel a little bit more like, oh, maybe I don't. I mean, I would love it if 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 that like kept people at a certain length and was like, oh, I don't want to fuck with him. He's big. You know, <clears throat> that'd be great. But I doubt that that's going to happen. I mean, I've had that when I have my cap on and I've got my beard out in full because I do have a resting grump face. Like back when I let my beard grow out to full, I looked like a fat garden gnome. <laughs> that was that was, that was very the vibe. You could imagine me like sat there, grumpy face, fishing rod in hand, just mm, dang fish won't pick a bone, bite a bone. The lore of that. I don't know how fishing works. I don't know. I don't know fishing. I don't. Don't look at me. Neither do I. I think it's a the most boring sport on earth. I mean, theoretically, it could be like a gainer sport. Like all it involves is like sitting in a resting chair, having snacks and beers. That's true. While you sit around and wait. Uh, A call to action. Any listeners who are passionate about their gaining and fishing and feel that that, that's an intersection that can be discussed, 
you can reach us at the thick radio gmail.com let us See, know i feel like if i were out on a boat like like obviously a cruise ship is different but just a regular boat and it's me and a couple of gainers and we're like out in the middle of the water and there's nobody there and they're like they've got their fishing poles in the water i'd be like can't we just have sex or something like I'm getting very bored. I was about to say, they would have their poles in the water, and you would have their poles in each and every one of them chubby little buttholes. You would be <laughs> going around. You would be coming up behind them like, hey, let me let me, let me me help you out with that. Uh, got a bit of special bait to go on the end of that rod. Uh. God, I'm such a slut. <laughs> but it's why we love you. <laughs> because you're a slut and old. And that's I'm an old slut, yeah. I'm an old. Yeah. That's why I'm Pat. I'm an old slut. I'm Patsy. I'm an old drunk slut. An old drunk. You are basically T. S. Madison. Who I think I is hate bad. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> what? She's fabulous. What? What is the problem? No, I know. Just, I don't want you to be right. That's the point. <laughs> but that's you don't we're... know me. <laughs> that's why we're such good friends, girl. Because yeah. I know the truth. It's like that moment when we were at um, one of the specialty restaurants and you were like, oh, are you going to pick up the plate and lick it? And I was like, you don't know me. <laughs> and then you proceeded to more or less. Like... <laughs> I did it for, for the record. I did not pick it up and lick it, but I did everything up to that. <laughs> oh, my God. But I think you truly only didn't do that. To, like, because the camera was on me. <laughs> We were we were filming. And we were like, "Go, on, fat boy, do it." If the camera right. was off, maybe I would have done it. But then that would have been extremely gauche, and I'm nothing if not at least polite. <laughs> oh, but that food was good. It was so damn good. I do you know what? That's one of the best meals I've ever had, actually. I still think back to the um the lobster bisque in a spoon. Mm. That was just fab. But I remember the um the mushroom snot. That I didn't care for. The mushrooms. Not that was weird. I did not like the the clear tomato soup. I thought it was fine. I did like that, and honestly, here's the weird thing about that clear tomato soup. I would have had that in like a like a tumbler cup and just been sipping on it all day. Like it was really refreshing. And I'm a person who doesn't even like tomatoes. The cool. For reference, we're talking about um, it's called it's a restaurant called Wonderland, and it's available on um, Royal Caribbean. Mm. Good food. Very very good food. Um, genuine question though like what advice would you give to people who are looking to make more local friends and you know albeit maybe there isn't a community around you and maybe maybe there's only a smattering of locals and maybe you live in a place where there's not even that maybe your nearest local is in a major city some miles away what advice would you give to people looking to establish some form of community well, I've said it before. I, I've always said you've got to be willing to take chances. You have to be, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't take a step forward. So I advise be open to the possibility. Now, you might run into someone that you don't get along with, or maybe you're not connecting. I mean, that's going to happen. You're not going to become best friends with every gainer that you come across. But just be open to the idea of it. And if you are a shy introverted person naturally um I, I you know try to think of or just talk about something that you're really passionate about you know that tends to get people talking you talk about something that you're really interested in or passionate about you'll find you're having a conversation with someone before you even realize what's going on you know um <clears throat> and if you live in a bit of a more isolated area or something like that you know and you really want to meet someone reach out ask if they'll meet you halfway somewhere you know like mm -hmm. if if say 
you live in a more rural area, they live in a city, see if they'll meet you in a suburb somewhere that's about like halfway between. I'm willing to do that for people, so. Mm. A suburb normally has a really nice, like a weekend cafe. Mm -hmm. My mother does like a lovely breakfast, a coffee, and that's all you really need if you're looking to get to know someone and make a potential friend. I feel like my advice would be to know your authentic self. And I feel like we do, we do get up in our feelings about how other people see us and about how we present to other people. But like nine times, not even nine times, like literally the majority of people on this planet are not so inept as humans that there is no conceivable way to make friends. Like you will have passions, you will have interests as will other people. Just lead with those. You know, here's a good example. If you're thinking about how to send an introductory message to someone local to you on Grommer, read their profile. What do they put in their profile? Do they list and say, I'm really a big fan of Star Trek and RuPaul's Drag Race. I love coconuts and I love football and I love the color yellow and I love the season of winter, but only when it snows and not when it rains. I really love Thai green curry, but I hate Thai red curry. I love long walks on the beach and short walks through the rainforest. I love fisting, but not sounding. Like, what are they writing? I love to walk along the beach with the wind in my heart and thoughtful, meaningful thoughts in the air. I'm borderline shy. Why? Sorry, <laughs> I went off on a tangent. I'm sorry, listeners. That we we reference absolutely fabulous all the time, and I couldn't help it. No, you're quoting the the dumb blonde from when she's in the hot tub with Marshall. Yeah. Um, pip pip cheerio, old chap. Hi, my name is Cherish with a Y. <laughs> Fuck me. And I do just... greeting cards for all occasions, births, deaths, reincarnations, coming of spirits. When she held up the phone, all I could hear was the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, people. It's true. Just do your research. Like, people give you clues. Like, this is what I like to talk about. This is what I don't like to talk about. And if you don't know what someone likes to talk about, be honest with them and just be like, what do you like to talk about? Like, might seem like a dumb question, but actually, it's not. It's really not. I said it before. You can always, like, one of the best ways to get, like, get a conversation started with me is reference old movies, comic books, I Love Lucy. You know, there's so many things that I have that I'm passionate about outside of this fetish. Like, and there's, there's three things right there. Just mention one of those. You'll get me talking. I feel like we've said this on the podcast before, but it's very, very true, you know. It's, it all comes down to a willingness to connect. And I think that's kind of the main thing. Sometimes we get so up in our heads about like what it looks like to try to make friends and what we expect out of a friendship that we trip ourselves over before we even get to saying hello. And that's where shit gets weird. Because if you say hello and then you get all weird up in your head about it and then you become that person who's all like, uh, and people are just like, oh my God, no. So... That's the advice. Do your research on people. And you know what else is really great about being open to all of that is you might discover something that you hadn't known before. Like I introduced a gainer to designing women. He had never seen it before. And now he's hooked. It's on my to watch list. Tim and I shall be watching that at some point in the future. And you know, in fact, a lot of old Hollywood films I hadn't had the opportunity to see. I'd always intended to see them. I'd just never seen them. Tim, being 87, sat me down, dusted <laughs> off his Vitrolium. Bitch. He dusted off his petroleum records. He, <laughs> he wired in at the radio tower. 
<laughs> he took me down to eat the talkies. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, where, see? <laughs> you know, one time when I was driving past Mulholland Drive, I actually picked up a radio frequency in my fillers. <laughs> <laughs> And then Tim said, did you know that the First World War is over? <laughs> that Archduke Ferdinand, gone too soon. You're a mess. <laughs> but also, this is why I can make these jokes with Tim. Because Tim is a great fat friend. Tim is someone I love, who I have a rapport with, and we can have this kind of bantering humour. And therefore, I call him old. And he calls me Ginger. And that just works for us. Oh, Tim, thank I also you. call you a soulless Scorpio. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that's an insult. That's just, like, that's just a statement of a fact. It's like, water is wet, two and two. James is soulless. Like, yes. And I don't have anything against Scorpios, just so the listeners are aware. I'm I'm with a Scorpio, so. <laughs> also, like, listeners, if you ever get the chance to meet Matt, you're basically meeting my, like, I was about to say evil doppelganger, but no, he's just... No, he's like a super concentrated version of you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if I am the fruit, he is the fruit cordial. Like, the syrup that you put... Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's true. We once compared the two of us. Like one of us is a gremlin and the other one's a goblin, I think. Yeah, he's Matt is a chaos goblin. And I am uh this this well actually I think we should go with the evil garden gnome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, because I'm also I am five foot nine people, but apparently everyone thinks I'm a fucking midget, so you know I'm You were taller than I thought you were gonna be. <laughs> oh my god, how dare you? Well, it's because my partner loves to lead people down the garden path ironically being that i'm a garden gnome because he's like six foot twelve and those people are like look at my teeny tiny boyfriend and then i'm like look <laughs> at mine his pronouns are fee fi fo fum <laughs> fucking giant anyways that brings us to the end of this week's episode tim thank you for just being an amazing fat friend thank you for being an amazing fat friend to me going down the road and back again back again Cause your heart is engorged. <laughs> Yo, you are fat, such an elephant. Banana. Okay, no, we're not going to do that because we're not going to infringe on copyright. Um, <laughs> that's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please do remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a good review. If you like this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Thicky Mouse. So until next time, bye fats. Bye fats. Let's talk about it. Thick Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast produced by Stan and Thicky Mouse. Next and mastered by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lokitu. Our theme song is provided by Body by Trade.